The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Bulls trying to build on the best week for stocks in a year. Dow's at six-week highs. NASDAQ going for seven straight gains. We'll wrap up this final busy batch of earnings this week. Ten-year, four-six. Our roadmap begins with stocks in rally mode. Stocks coming off, as we said, best week since November of last year. Futures point to more gains of the open. Media is in focus. Disney reports this week. Paramount with a double downgrade over at B of A. And City considering some steep job cuts as part of a corporate overhaul. Let's begin, though, with this new week for the markets. Jim, you had some words uh, this morning on X for Mike Wilson, arguing that things actually changed last week. Yeah, I mean, look, Mike Mike said he wants to keep an open mind. I I don't know the fellow. I mean, he's obviously been a dominant force during this bear market for much of the market. But he wants to keep an open mind. But at the same time, it's like last week didn't occur. We, We see it. Now, analysts don't understand what I think is a true sea change when you get the sellers are done, interest rates go down, fed out of the picture for a while, and then the next thing you know, we have a bond issuance that makes it so you can't shoot against the bonds, and you have the largest short position bonds in history. So what happens is you coalesce with shorts in stocks, because they've been pretty easy for a while, shorts and bonds capitulating, nothing to shoot against. Well, that's kind of, I know that's not a theory about the consumer doing better. It's not a theory about the Magnificent Seven. It's a theory which just says you can buy. And that's sometimes more powerful than looking at individual groups. And it's time to just say, you know what? There's not a lot of resistance here. There's, where are the sellers? They've disappeared. It looks like they ended the quarter, ended October, which is a fiscal year for mutual uh, funds. They're gone. That's why it was so easy to go up. I mean, let's take Apple. But there was nothing special in Apple. I happen to like Apple, but there was nothing special. That was kind of a paradigm for last week. The sellers dried up at 171, 172. And then the next, you know, the buyers just said, oh, what the hell, let's just take it up. You know, oh, what the hell, just take it up seemed to be the theme <laughs> right. of last week. Um, you make the point about the end of the quarter, the, the October the quarter. Yardeni's point is that was a deadline for any kind of tax loss selling. Right. So does that mean the coast is clear, at least on bonds? Well, <laughs> kind of. I mean, we didn't. We don't have really strong data. Uh, the, there's not a lot of 30-year paper. We thought we'd be overwhelmed with 30-year paper. I, I you know, I, I struggle to think. Okay, so what could be the disadvantage here? Mort- maybe mortgage rates come down, and the, and the housing business, the stocks were saying, listen, we could come back, and the Fed doesn't like that. I think the biggest problem is is that Powell knows that two months is not enough. You have to see six months of no growth. So that's, there were some calls for January uh, 
It was very funny. Like, well, the, the hike's going to go from December to January. Oh, Barclays. Yeah, yeah Barclays pushes okay, back. Okay, sure. But I, I found ourselves, you know, I just think we're looking at individual stocks now. Uh, because we don't have to worry so much about the big picture because of the tenure. And that's how you get an upgrade in Bank of America. That's how you get an upgrade in key, even though they're talking about a dividend cut. An upgrade in U.S. Bancorp. This is the group that has been the most penalized. So if you're, again, to circle back to Mike Wilson, if you're looking at no, no breath widening, I'm looking at the banks suddenly being buys. I want to buy First Horizon. That got a $24 bid. It's 12. U.S. Bancorp, 5% yield. That's not bad. Uh, the, the banks don't, they seem to be having some regulatory relief, according to some, some of the, the, the analysts. So I don't know. I mean, I can find a lot to buy. I don't have a lot to sell. I mean, I don't want to go sell Amazon ahead of the holiday season. I don't want to go sell Alphabet because I really do believe that YouTube's doing well. We already just went through the Apple non-shortfall that everyone, everybody pounced on. So we had some NVIDIA uh, chatter. NVIDIA reports during a quiet period. They were off-cycle of Thanksgiving Day holiday. And the NVIDIA piece was, was coaching because what it said was, okay, look, there are some problems with China. There definitely are. But then you have Yellen talking about maybe we can have some uh, rapprochement. This op-ed in the, op- yeah. in the Washington Post. Although I think that NVIDIA is really at the, at the crux of so many things because a rapprochement without the, the People's Liberation Army getting what it wants is not a rapprochement. What are the most, I thought was most exciting about all this, if you are a bull on NVIDIA, which I am, is that Jake Sullivan was involved. Jake Sullivan hitherto not been involved. Jake Sullivan is about defense and about the idea that the NVIDIA chips are being used for the military. So let's just watch NVIDIA, because it's at the fulcrum of all these talks. And Sullivan being involved might have actually been bullish for NVIDIA, because what they're saying is, okay, let's actually, let, let, let's talk about what you're using those chips right. for. But even if you got a, uh, uh, an ease in the trade relations, this journal piece today about just the Chinese consumer, and they cite EL, they cite Goose, they cite Yum China, they cite Apple. <laughs> Well, I mean, Apple, of course, was the leader in four cities. For uh, in a couple of urban places, they actually were uh, number one. They took share. I noticed Starbucks not mentioned. Uh, Starbucks is Starbucks is doing well. You don't want well. facts to get in the way of no, a good I story. No, I mean, look, Estee Lauder's a disaster. Uh, thank you, David, for pointing that out to me. <laughs> I mean, I have to tell you, I I, I have great affection for Bricio Feta, but my affection is meaningless in this game. This deserves got nothing to do with it. As Gene Hackman explained to us in Unforgiven. But uh, I think China's mixed. I don't think it's horrendous. I think it's mixed. We got single state coming up. Maybe the government does like what what President Trump did, and just said, "Okay, look, you know, we're going to give us some money." They actually have to give money because the the consumer there is really cut back. Uh, by the way, TikTok is something to watch because TikTok is being perceived. Uh, by many CEOs as really being run by the by the Chinese right now and run in a way that is uh, Bill Ackman was speaking earlier. I'm not I'm a guy. I'm a stock guy, but it does seem that TikTok is oh, it has become a sub rose away for the PLA. And I always mention PLA because that's what really runs the show because the consumer doesn't. And she is backed by the PLA. That's the most powerful force over there. But we never talk about it because we just talk about it as if it's a, a, a big e-commerce play. China's big government. China's a former, you know, it's a formal military presence that's attacking <laughs> boats off the Philippines. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, look, I, I come back and I say, well, that, what was the research? Well, the research is positive on Birkenstock. It's positive on Qualcomm. It's positive on the banks. It's positive on Walmart. And I end up saying, well, you know, I can even go, if I wanted to, to fintech. 
It's positive on PayPal. Oh, we'll talk about some affirm later on this morning, too. Positive yeah. on affirm. So, I mean, what happens is, is that we don't have enough negatives. And I think my, one of the things that Mike Wilson has to recognize is, is that you shoot against negatives. But there weren't a lot of negatives. And uh, I know that the analyst reports, the reason, you could say the earnings weren't that great, but they weren't bad enough to sell. Yeah. Uh, B of A has a comment on how good actually earnings have been, What's which we'll get something? to in a minute. I do want to get you on this news, though, Jim, that Hugh Johnston uh, is leaving Pepsi to go be the CFO of Disney, which is uh, going to report uh, later this week. Well, we, we, we knew that there had to be some changes at the very top. Uh, remember, Hugh Johnston was on the board of Twitter. He's not... It involved the turnover truck. I regard this as one of the most positive things. I talk to you every quarter. And when you talk to you, it's different from talking to a typical CFO. He'll, he'll give you his 10-minute overview, which is always succinct, smart, tells you exactly what's good and what's bad, then answers questions in a fashion that is so the opposite of most people. He was very much of a, a hands-on CFO. Big, big loss for the water, I think. But wow, I mean, if you can get, they've had an absentee CFO for a while, CFO that I actually had a, a bit of a dust up with, and, and I, I'm still here, where's she? There was a big part of the street leading into Disney's Investor Day a few weeks ago that said, why isn't there more excitement? Maybe it's because Disney has no CFO. How granular can Iger get on some of their targets? Well, what, what you gives is a... Someone who can talk to the street. Now, they have some people who talk to the street, but that, they've been very ineffective. Use trusted. And the way he's trusted is to say, look, we didn't deliver what we wanted to do on Quaker this quarter. Or, you, you know, there was a bit of a scrum in the aisles on carbonated, but Frito-Lay really delivered. And when I, when I talk to him, I always feel like, boy, that, he's not bagging me. He's trying to make me as smart as possible. What Disney has not had is anyone on its side saying they're really smart. And smart comes from transparency, and you are so transparent. That was a great, great choice by Iger. And Iger needed to change the narrative. There's no one who can tell a narrative better than you in the consumer package good side. How about some of the other, uh, we're going to get Warner this week along with Disney. Today, uh, Jessica Reef Ehrlich at B of A, double downgrade para. That was devastating because it said that there was a chance to be able to sell some assets, Showtime, BET. They didn't. And that, that window now seems to be closed. It's almost as if the season's over for these. Now, I happen to think it's not. I, I want to see. The season what, over for what? Well, it's like, okay, we decided. Disney's going to buy Hulu. All right, Comcast didn't have a good quarter. We work for Comcast. Uh, Paramount is a disaster. Uh, Zaslav can't pull off Warner Brothers. By the way, I really disagree with that because of the way his debt schedule is. I'm, I'm not as concerned as others. Uh, so, I mean. You know, you got Disney, you have ABC, NBC, CBS, and ESPN all all spoken for, and Fox nobody cares about anymore. So I just think that the most important thing is to tell the story. And if Iger has Johnson, he can actually do other things. I wish you were. I mean, he's a great CFO. He, he could run it. I was going to say, made him a CEO. he's kind of a CFO who, who uh, just, walks like a CEO. Yeah, well, I just like him very much because I've never been snowed by him. And I have to tell you, and David would know this, I am snowed repeatedly. I feel like a bit of a weatherman. Yeah, people don't understand how often I'm snowed and how often I'm manipulated. And I have to come back and just work harder than they do and know their companies better than they do. And that is, with total Uber, something I'm very good at. <laughs> yes. Because I have no other life other than something that happened yesterday between 425 and, and 8. <laughs> I got that. I do love my wife. My kids wish them unbelievable, especially one very good luck. But yes. I'll tell you that what really 
uh, bothers me is when I come in and there are people who tell me something and, and then it doesn't happen. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll give you the opposite, Clorox. She, Linda Rendell was adamant that the hack was bad. The hack was real bad. She comes right back and explains why she can recover. You hit her hard and she's got some gain. Versus, say, Tesla, where you just all you do is mention that the Cybertruck's probably going to undersell versus Ford 150. And a very thin skinned CEO apparently takes to Twitter. Um, I don't know. I had some people say, aren't you going to fight back? I said, I haven't read my Twitter uh, comments uh, since about in, in two years, years ago. Uh, Jim well, mentioned I, mean, like, I have to get up in the morning and put my clothes on, typically Brioni. But uh, today I, I see the one that's hard to pronounce. I see it. Jim uh, mentions Clorox. UBS does go to neutral today. That was good. A sell. Uh, Linda yep. Rendell's better than the sell. By the way, Hidden Valley Ranch is doing quite well. And you can use that in a variety. That's just not just salad. You can do a lot of things with it as someone who is in the kitchen. Yeah. You mentioned earnings. Uh, today, B of A says, uh, actually, the title of the report is, don't worry, earnings were fine. Yeah. Uh, Savita like says that, that uh, earn, earn, corporates already had their earnings recession, Jim, and they made their moves, and now they're in a margin expansion mode as long as demand holds up. I think that's very right, but you have to look at the industrials. That's who really did well. The Ingersoll Rams, Parker Hannafin, Eaton was probably the best quarter. Uh, and Eaton was amazing, and that's because they're doing a lot of stuff with climate and they're doing a lot of stuff with making so the grid's better. Straightforward story, Eaton. You know, this is a renaissance of Cleveland and a renaissance of Ohio. Uh, I see strength out of the Tennessee, Kentucky. Oh, I have American Electric Power last week. Everything surrounding Kentucky is doing very well. Everything surrounding Tennessee is doing well. There are areas of the country where there's tremendous growth. Uh, and all this is in the backdrop of Magnificent Seven doing incredibly well. Where were the sellers of Apple, Carl? Where was the, the Tony Saganegi on the one hand on the other? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, part of Berkshire's net loss was uh, was Apple, the investment well, loss in Apple. You know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. A lot of his performance has been Apple. Uh, I thought that the key thing about Apple that nobody talked about uh, is that Division Pro is going to be a substantial business-to-business operation. I think a Starbucks is, a, is now a leader uh, be, because Starbucks has one thing going for it. It has a new CEO whom I think, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, look, I look at Luxman, Luxman Narasimhan, and I say, all right, this is a guy who's a consumer product, good guy, who really understands tech. He brings in Apple. Well, if he's bringing in Apple, everybody's going to have to bring in Apple. And Vision Pro may not be the colossal joke that people think it is. And that's sub Rosa, everyone's saying Cook's lost it. Cook has lost it now since 2011 when he took over. Man, if he's lost it, count me in. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's not as close to its uh, all-time high as Microsoft. Well, Microsoft, they, remember, Amy Hood had been dropping just an anvil on your head if you liked it until last time. She's the CFO. That would be another CFO I would steal, but she's never leaving since Goldman Sachs. But man, what a quarter. And if you go back over her comments, she had nothing negative to say. She's been she's been a, a, a bit of an albatross because she's so honest. Now she had nothing bad to say. I think that matters. That's why Microsoft's probably the best of the magnificent setup. Yeah. That is, that's Yul Brenner, okay? And I got to tell you, we haven't figured out yet who Steve McQueen is. It's up in the air, but in November, we, late in November, we do have NVIDIA reporting. I, I sent Steve McQueen going down the street in San Francisco, you know, the Lombard. <laughs> and the bullet chase. The yes. bullet chase was still the best chase of any chase. <laughs> By the way, McQueen, incredibly charitable, but told uh, yeah, me. Yeah, you wrote his open, yes, as I remember. Yeah, if he, ever, he said, if anyone ever says it, I'll come after them. And, well, it's been a while, so I think the statute of limitations is out on how great he is. 
We're going to get to a lot more, including some news on the banks. We'll touch on oil and get set up for what's going to be, as we said, the last big push of Q3 earnings. Take a look at the pre-market holding in there as we're six-week highs on the Dow, three-week highs on S&P NASDAQ. More Squawk in the Street in a minute. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones, from powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY, a big idea that inspired the world to invest differently and still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Crude oil moving higher this morning. Saudi Arabia and Russia say they will maintain their supply cuts through the end of the year. Meantime, WTI and Brent coming off their worst weekly performance in nearly a month, down about 6%, Jim. Uh, that's a million uh, barrels per day between yeah. the two. I mean, how about the fact that Russia's completely evaded all of the sanctions with this uh, their tanker fleet? Uh, I'd love to know where it goes, but I just think, remember, we do have this kind of axis of Opposition. I won't call them evil yet because uh, I, I still think that China doesn't have to be reduced to being evil. But Russia and China, it, it's they're very simpatico. I'm a little surprised. It does seem that India has not renounced that oil. Uh, they've managed to do something interesting. They've managed to flood the world with oil but not ruin the price. And I think a lot of that is even though that we're pumping at, at the most we pumped, we could pump more. Uh, there, there's no marginal barrel that sends us back. Uh, and if you think the economy is going to start getting better here, it's not really good, but it does, then I, I think that oil is going to stick around at this level, which means there's a lot of oil companies worth buying. Yeah, although continued discussion about how work from home has changed commuting habits, maybe there's a lower ceiling on this stuff. The, you know, you, you may be right. Uh, look, every single travel company tells you people are still traveling. Uh, at the same time, China, as we talked about, is slowing. It, there's, it reached some sort of equilibrium around the world, but uh, it's almost as if the Saudis know exactly how much to produce. The Russians produce just, just enough to make it so that they can beat Ukraine, which I think is, we're not talking enough about. How, about. how about Europeans going into the winter at full capacity storage on that gas? I know, which is, man, it's so Kotara reports, and I, I happen to think Kotara's going to have a very good quarter, but we're not getting the $5 net gas or $7 net gas that we started to think we had last year. Uh, we also have global warming, even though people don't seem to admit it. I mean, we had, we're full up here, too. Yeah. The natural gas has no place to go. And, and I'll, I'll be interesting to see what, how much export there really is. Yeah. Uh, it be interesting to see if we could have two two winters without worry in Wouldn't Europe. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, we'll see. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. Take one more look here at futures on this Monday before things really get spicy later in the week. More Squawk on the Street when we continue. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, 
The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. There's a kind of a shift in what we care about on Wall Street. Uh, we're looking for companies that are disruptive, that really don't have any analogs, at least that are public. And the one I come back to is DraftKings. There's just repeated emphasis that this was a truly great breakout quarter. I felt not enough paid to the idea that they've now passed FanDuel in market share. They have a November 14th event. They have a November 17th Barnstorm event. Jason Robbins has become much more facile at explaining the story. There's still very big states where you can't gamble in. Uh, the season itself has uh, spurred tremendous growth. Daily Fantasy, which is uh, something that they really emphasize, has just taken off at, as many fantasy leagues have been decimated by injuries. So I think this is the one. I mean, it's up big. It's one of the few SPACs that have worked. But this is a technology wonder. It is a great app. Winner take all, as I told him. Loser take none. He disagrees with me. He says, you're too bullish. I said, no, I'm right. <laughs> what, where do consumer worries fit in here if, in fact, consumers roll over? Uh, it's a great question. The answer is, is that they tend to bet less, but there's still you know, many more people getting involved. Right, right. Now, there's a lot of people betting five and ten bucks. Uh, there are some people who obviously, uh, I think, suffer from over-gambling. But you're right to watch. But I do know the younger people have almost switched to this. It's like they, they watch YouTube. They gamble. And then there's these new sports. I mean, cricket. We were talking about cricket. Yep. Cricket, they gamble on every, you know, ball. They call them ball. Uh, they gamble on everything. So there are a lot of people who are gambling intra-game. A lot of people gambling on who's got the best touchdown. And by the way, uh, one of the things that Jason's done, CEO, is no longer have like Mahomes will have a touchdown. I mean, if you open up the the uh, the entry price, the competition to get a new gambler has really gone down. The average cost of getting a new gambler is no longer I've got to give away everything and say, okay, in this game, if the Chiefs win, you get twenty-five bucks. That's over. Do you think Penn ends up uh, taking share? I think no. Really? I think that uh, I think it's still born, frankly. I yeah. know that's not consensus, but Jason has the best app, and this is a technology game. Pretty fascinating coming off of the print last it, week. It's true. I mean, I had a hand at Jason. You know, they, there's, they have run the cleanest shop. They run the best app, and the thing that they do is that if you go, they have fun bets. Fun bets. They have the parlay. Yes. And people love a parlay, even though nobody wins. <laughs> oh, the opening bell's coming up in less than five minutes. Don't forget, you can always catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway out with results over the weekend. The conglomerate posted a 40% jump in OperNet, record $157 billion in cash, as Buffett saw few deal-making opportunities. Munger actually gave a Q&A to the Journal last week, Jim, where he said maybe 50-50 chance they bag an elephant, given how venture capital has uh, inflated prices over, across the board. Well, look, it's certainly possible, and that's a very sound view. I, I still think that uh, it's difficult to get a deal done. I know that Berkshire Hathaway, you would think that there's uh, 
no overlap to what they might buy, and they'll be sensible about it. But I, the FTC is not sensible, and we haven't heard from them lately, which is the light. But they've really kind of wrecked the they wrecked the M&A market. I mean, when you look at Am, Amgen, how long it took to be able to, to buy Horizon. By the way, that was a very good deal. People don't seem to think so. It's still early. Uh, I do think that the chilling effect is just astounding. You, the fact that you have to go to court to do a deal uh, has made it so it's just for most. I, I deal with a lot of M&A lawyers, and they say the same thing, which is, sorry, unlike the bankers, we don't get paid on the deal, and there's, she'll go for you, Nina Khan. And she, look, the president is not a pro-business president. He's pro-worker president. And M&A is bad for workers and good for capital. Anytime you see something bad for workers, good for capital, the president will be against it. That's stated. That's what he ran on. That's what you get. Pick up on that in a second. Let's get the opening bell here and the CNBC Real Time Exchange. At the big board, it's Lithium Argentina celebrating recent spinoff, and at the NASDAQ, it's ETF provider Defiance. I keep hearing you, Jim, talk about the cap that the FTC has put on the market in terms of MA. Yes. Your fear of corporate taxes going Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Uh, the president, very pro union, yes. meaning higher wages. Without those things, would you be markedly more excited? Oh, my. If we could have MA, there would be so many deals. Let's think about the fact that J.P. Morgan was able to buy First Republic during the downturn and was able to pass the fabled 10 percent. The a number of mergers we'd see in banks because of the way technology works would be extraordinary. The number of mergers we see in fintech would be incredible. We still you know, think about the uh, the Alberts, the Kroger deal with Alberts. That's not that's nowhere. I think Kroger. I think they're never going to let that go on. They they let uh, they let Rite Aid go under. Didn't seem to matter. They, uh, there would be tremendous mergers among uh, and, and people who sell uh, cars. There would be big mergers in retail. But no one wants to do these things because they know that they would just be rejected. Then you have to uh, go to court. And by the time it's over, you lose a lot of talent. I, I, I commend Microsoft for going through the deal, but they're the richest company, second richest company in the world. about Exxon, Pioneer, and I Chevron think, has? I think those might be blocked. Really? Yeah, people don't think so, but... I just think that they're studying. I, look, remember, if you go back and read her stuff, it's very dogmatic. It just as mergers are bad. Uh, so mergers should be blocked. Th- that's the ethos, and I think people just haven't read her. It's painful as a bull to read her, because what she's saying is shareholders have made too much money. It's time for the workers. And that's Biden. I mean, Biden on the picket line was a seminal moment because I could argue that he destroyed the profitability of the companies that really matter in terms of become, becoming EV. I don't think anyone, I don't think Mary Barr would disagree with that. I don't think Farley would disagree with that. You have to get him off the desk to be able to say that. But he, he decided to side with the workers, which therefore meant that the loser was even. Well, uh, GM is going to invest uh, $13 billion, uh, in U.S. facilities by April of 28, as we got some more details on that tentative. Well, uh, I, you know, GM spent a lot of money on, uh, on unassisted driving and Doug you know, the cruise, yeah, the cruises. That was a really big blow that we haven't talked about because they've spent a lot of money on that. Ford hasn't. Uh, and when I mean, I was in the back of one of those, I felt completely safe. That's completely meaningless. I mean, that's an initiative that they've spent. They bought a company, then they spent another five billion. I thought it was working. I went out there to test it because I said, this is going to be a model in every city. It's not going to be a model for any city. I just think that General Motors is being picked on. I don't understand it, but they could spend all they want, but the multiple seems to shrink at every turn. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's 
my, I've talked to Jim Farley about our Ford position, and I, I'm very concerned because I don't know, I can't see a path to greater profitability. Well, Not you now. got Tesla up almost 2% this morning. Well, Tesla's back. This uh, report they're going to make a cheaper model in, in Berlin. You know, I've been waiting for, te- for the Empire, you know, the Empire to strike back, and they are doing it. I think that Musk stock, I think that stock goes to 300. Any, are you worried about threats of organization there? No, because because uh, Musk is smarter than Fame. Fame, yeah. I mean, Musk Fame would be a lot of fun because it I would, would be, get that would get loud. Yeah, it would be because I think Musk plays three dimensional chess and Fame. Look, look, I don't think that the I think that the UAW was underestimated the whole way because. Fane just beat them everywhere. It was very much guerrilla action. It was very smart. They were completely, uh, uh, they were outgained at every turn. I mean, it was almost like there were, they were, that Fane was a great NFL coach who really figured out all the weaknesses of the other team and just came in and blew them away. Um, they were blitzing. They were doing everything <laughs> right. I mean, they had like linebacker and quarter blitzes and safety blitzes. And you know, they like the the other guys. Like the like I love I love Farley and I love Barr. And, you know, you know. And I think that they were, wow, what happened? They were in the wow, what happened camp. And you know, the, when the game was over, it, it was just a real beatdown. Where where the uh, the offensive coordinator is doing a lot of this. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. And that game was played in Frankfurt. They were like both, <laughs> they were flat. No, I just feel like that what happened is, is that they didn't see Fane coming because Fane didn't have a big majority. Fane had a plan. They didn't. Uh, and it was very painful because these are the companies that you need to see have more money. Everything, every time they say anything, the price earnings multiple shrinks, which is really very unusual. As, as for SAG-AFTRA, it does look like they're going to take in, to cons- some time to consider what the studios are calling their last, best, and final. It'd be good to put that to bed, wouldn't it, would it not? <laughs> yeah, that would be. Boy, we need, I hope that, look, if you're, if you're labor, you're looking at this, you're saying, wow, we're done taking what they've been giving us. But the one thing, remember, unions represent about 20% of the workforce. They've been decimated. And, I mean, I look at Boeing, they, they could have it. That could be the next one where you would see some problems because they think they should probably make more money. But uh, I worry about unions. I worry about a president who was self-proclaimed not pro-stock market when I met him. I met him a number of times. Not, he's not anti. He just doesn't, doesn't put it in the equation. I Look, I think that there's a, a belief in the White House, other than Secretary Raimondo of Commerce, that only rich people own stocks that our show is dedicated to rich people and people aren't, there's nobody who's striving through the stock market. I think that they're dead wrong. Uh, but you know what? It doesn't matter. That's their, that is their ethos. That's why I always thought that if Secretary Mondo were to take over for Janet Yellen, what you would have is a treasury that would recognize that the market is for all. Right now, I think they think the market's only for, for the rich. They seem to be oblivious to where, where your 401k is. I, it's, it's kind of, I think it's part of the problem of why Biden is perceived as being bad for the economy. That he doesn't ally himself with the possibility of making money in the market, which is something that Americans did have pride in for a long time and thought they could. They don't think so now. The stock market, you think, no. has become more foreign to, oh, it's, what, the middle class? Yeah, it's just another. I'm not saying they think it's fixed. I think they just say it's not for us. Like, you know, a five-year CD is not for us. I probably, I mean, again, you could argue hyperbole, but I probably speak to more individual investors than anyone in the country, both in the show and uh, when sure, I go everywhere. Sure, yep. you know, I don't meet people who care about the stock market anymore. 
I was walking down the stairs just and this guy said, listen, what do you think about NVIDIA? And I said, here's what I think. You're the first person to ask me about a stock. And, you know, I think NVIDIA works. I think it goes higher. But I don't. I used to meet people who owned Apple. And, you know, we do bottle signings for my wife's Mezcal. And be like, people want to know about the stock market. I, I, people don't want to know about it. They think... They just think I've got a five-year, I've got a five percent CD up five years. Like, why do I have to risk it in that crazy thing that's the stock market? Right. Well, that's our end. Well, isn't that just a function of there being alternatives now? Yeah, absolutely. But I also think that nobody thinks that. Remember, the Magnificent Seven. No one was really in them. I always feel like well, the institutions were in Amazon. Amazon's a great performer. I don't meet people who own Amazon. The stock prices, you know, the the mar- all of these companies never split. They were very anti-retail. The, the, the big institutions don't want them to split because then this, the commission would go higher. But I, you know, other than the fact that when I named my dog Everest, renamed him NVIDIA, that's really the big impact that, that I've had. And that's kind of a suboptimal way to look at the market. Oh, I named my dog after NVIDIA and people bought it. <laughs> well, if that's really the gravamon of the situation, we're, we're Well, in it's, it's fighting for attention just like everything else yes, is. Yes, yes. In, in, the, in the country, I, in the I, world. Yeah, it doesn't have any mind share. It right. certainly doesn't have any spokespeople. Right. I mean, I, I haven't met a person who say, listen, I am for the stock market other than Gina Raimondo. And Secretary Raimondo is for it because she's in, she's in favor of, of corporate, corporate wealth, which then helps workers. It's a very positive. She's con, a constructive individual and a negativist, uh, a negativist uh, White House yeah. um, for, for, for capital. There is a report uh, from our, from our Hugh Son, who covers banking, about Citi today, uh, I, and a plan by Fraser to, in, in his reporting, uh, cut at least ten percent at several divisions. Well, they've got to figure out how to. They got to figure out whether the book value is phony, and if the book value is phony, then the stock deserves to be at forty-two. I mean, the book value is substantially in excess. No, it's kind of one of the great untold stories. The book value is well out of whack with the common. And the government should look at that. But the government is uniquely focused on regionals after what happened. They're fighting the last war. I don't understand. Look, I, I think City's fine. I don't think it's good or bad. I just don't understand if, if City has all these great businesses and they have all this cash and the tangible book value is well above. What the heck is it doing at seven times next year's earnings? I, I don't understand that at all. I mean, if you look at the book value of Goldman Sachs, pretty, it's pretty transparent. Book value of J.P. Morgan, very transparent. Right. Book value of Bank of America, which is recommended today because it's really a proxy for the tenure, and a lot of people feel the tenure is done. Project Bora Bora, I don't know. Yeah. Bora Bora. <laughs> Project Bora Bora. I mean, when you, when you get married and you want to check out, you go to Bora <laughs> go to Bora. Bora. <laughs> Project Checkout. You know, Project No Internet. I mean, what, what is that? Project, let's take a couple weeks off and get married. Project Honeymoon. I mean, come on. Get you, serious, you, for heaven's sake. You mentioned the upgrade of B of A over at Keefe. Keefe also ups Key uh, to outperform. They go to 15. A Project Profit. Yeah. Uh, you know, there they said Key could cut its dividend 50% and it would stock might go higher. I, I think that's, um, I, I, I do believe that's an ill-advised view. Uh, I think that what matters is the semis are hot again. That's a good leadership group. Finance is hot. The consumer, we're going to stick with the Costco and the Walmart because the consumer seems to be hobbled. Uh, I want to see whether the whether the home builders are going to put, put up more homes or if they're just so constrained it doesn't matter. I think the rental markets go down because a lot of people built rental apartments. Uh, don't take Texas Instruments down. They, they don't want to be talked about. They, their conference call was so horrible I felt insulted myself. Yeah. It's interesting at the house. Oh, look at that. That's, a, that's an interesting uh, group, the home builders, because they traded right up with the uh, with the 30-year going down. Yeah. In and we'll get Horton later on this week. Yeah, Horton is going to going to have a great number. 
because uh, that's what Horton does. Bunch of initiations of Burke, and I wonder if you were surprised at how many overweights or buys yeah, there are. Yeah, it was, because Burke's trading at 24 times next year's, and the average, uh, the industry's trading about 11 times earnings. So that, that made no sense. It just seemed like... All the, it, all the, it's funny. All the IPOs that have come out have really, have really stunk in the aftermarket. Yeah, the only. Uh, I want to see what happens uh, with ARM because I think ARM could be good. The partner is, uh, we got a partner with Nvidia. But interest, anytime interest rates go up for a second, people want to sell the home builders. And I get that, but they had a rally like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, we have. We shouldn't we have some profit taking? It was the best week of the year. I mean, doesn't it make sense? I. Can't expect the market to go up today, can you? After all this run and now it's overboard. Right. Although, I mean, it, was it a, a bear market rally? No, no, you don't. I do not think no. because you know. Look, one of the things that makes it so that so that there's a you want to stop a rally, you have to have something to shoot against. You have to have big bond issuance. You have to have bad earnings. Well, I got bad news for the bears. The earnings season's over. The extent of the earnings season that matters. Right. This is a very light week. Uh, interest rates, yeah, they can go up a little, but I, I, I felt like I got bombarded by a lot of people saying, you really think 6% might be off the table? And I think 6% comes off the table because there's not going to be a lot of 30-year issuance. And this Josh Frost, whoever the heck he is, is a hero. He's the guy who came up with the issuance. Uniquely, this is something I really criticized Secretary Yellen for, who I, I think is had a had a good run and would be terrific if she were to resign and mm-hmm. give the job to someone else. Like uh, Ramondo, apparently. Yeah, well, yeah, well, see, Ramondo is of today. She's of today. And if the Biden administration has a problem, I think it's kind of of it's a, just a little bit too old versus I mean, I'm saying old thinking. Sure, sure. Uh, and I just think that Ramondo is about reshoring. She's about uh, challenging China. And Secretary Yellen has been out of touch for a long time. Secretary Mnuchin used to follow the bond market and stock market on a daily basis. I think that Secretary Yellen, that's, she's very hands-off. But to who? But to who? I mean, I don't mean, look, I think this administration is, the, the polls show that they're just pulling horribly. The American people think that well, they're doing Well, this job. time, Siena poll. Yeah, that, well, that was unbelievable. Looking at the swing states. Because I don't think that they're doing that badly. But, you know, look, they have a terrible message. I mean, they had a labor secretary came on on Friday. And, I, you know, a lot of what we do is a job is to try to raise questions that might be well-received. Uh, or you serve something and it should be served back, even if it's a dink, even for playing, you know, pickle. And instead, you just get obfuscation. I felt very frustrated about talking to the Secretary of Labor last week. I asked her a very, I thought, a serious question about immigration. immigration. And I got, a, I got a, a what I call a fanciful, if not fatuous answer. And I think it's time to call people out when they give you fatuous answers because they're, they they put on their pants or their clothes and just like everybody else. Don't come here and give us a fatuous answer. We're actually rigorous people. Don't give us that. Give me someone. Brainerd today had substantive things to say. I thought that was I thought that was acceptable. She did say that she thought the economy had rolled into a position where growth was sustainable right. but moderating. Yeah, I thought that that was a realistic ass- assessment, not something based on fiction and not just something based on polling. Uh, I, she should have come out on Friday. She showed she showed tremendous rigor actually, and that was that was a nice change of pace. Right. It doesn't sound like you're itching to buy much before this in year end. Well, I just think that I do like the financials, which is pretty extraordinary. But I like the Magnificent Seven. Why? Because they're nation states. They don't need any money. I go back over when I speak to Tim Cook and Luca Mesa. Boy, I tell you, my conversations are very different from the street. We're talking about customer satisfaction. We're talking about countries that have hundreds of millions of people and how they're winning. And they come in, they get the, the eight. 
they, they get the repeat, then they take the, the 12, and then maybe they build up to 15 as their countries get a little more wealthy. And uh, when you speak to Tim Cook and Luke Mejri, they, they should run the country. And, and by the way, they are pro-consumer. And their view is, is, the conversation always starts with me, is like, you know, we have great customer satisfaction, which makes me think about long-term value. The, the conversation with the analysts is always the same. Well, you know, but the gross margins of the wearables, they don't even look at the fact that this quarter services will, will surpass wearables, uh, Mac and iPad altogether. Why don't they look at that? I, because they don't think that there's anything cooking and they're ready to pounce on negativity with the, with the Vision Pro. Uh, What's interesting is, well, here's a magnificent seven thing. I, I wish uh, Zuckerberg well. I mean, the ACL, he's ACL. I mean, he's on, is he on IR? Is he out for the season? The guy looks like he's just on IR. Hey, we, by the way, the guy's ripped. He reminds me of, like, A.J. Brown. We, well, we, we don't the know what ripped. happened to the other guy, right? Oh, I don't even want to see the other guy. <laughs> I, I, you know, I got to Instagram, and I said, you know, this guy, he, he's changed. I mean, he's like a human guy. He's no longer just an avatar represented by a dollar sign. He may be actually, be, there may be people who are genuinely sympathetic to the man. Like, wow, that ACL was a bad, it must have been a bad hit. Or was it a soft injury? We don't know. Might have been a soft injury, you know, pivot. Uh, yeah, what's the, it, the stock it, price at least is not torn its ACL, Jim. Uh, not that far off of the I, October I know people highs. who are actually worried and said, oh, my God, maybe he's out. Do you think this guy really tunes out? You know what? No Bora Bora for that guy. <laughs> Project Bora Bora. I mean, Project Easter Island and Christmas Island, if anyone remembers those. Please. Uh, we're seeing some decent strength, Jim, in some of the online travel agencies. Booking uh, up almost 3%, upgraded by D.A. Davidson that today. That, that, that was I thought that quarter was great, and people didn't like it initially. And I thought Expedia had a really good right, quarter. Right. I, I actually am stupid enough to think that American Express had a good quarter. Um, because, but they, they're like a Gen X. That stock is too low. This is ridiculous. 13 times earnings for a very quality group. But watch it, it, Alphabet. It, watch Amazon. You know, these companies have no resistance. There's a, like, I don't think, there was an Amazon piece today which just said, it's an Amazon Christmas. Amazon Hanukkah. Amazon everything. You know, Amazon. I'm surprised that November 11th is the best, the worst holiday for them. China. Ah, yes. Um, the China holiday. I mean. November, well, holiday, of, consumer holiday. Thinking of booking, Jim, uh, tomorrow's the one month since uh, October 7th. And what that's done to the market, too, has been hard to quantify, I, wouldn't I, you say? I, I think an element of gloom. I think that anytime it's existential for any country, anytime it's horrendous, innocent loss, the innocence, I think you come back and say, where, you know, civilization, is civilization at the br- on the brink? I mean, you know, the Russians try to kill civilians every day, too. Let's not forget that. I mean, the Russians were on our side in World War II, and they're not, they're like the most, well, no, they did supply North Vietnam. I, I don't mean, they've been against us right. for a long time. Uh, they were communists, and they were some sort of kleptocracy, and now they're back to being a total menace, even though they're uh, not a big country, but no one seems to stand up to them in any sort of way. I, look, I think that Iran is the player that people are worried about when it comes to uh, Israel and Gaza. Well, what will Iran do? We've let Iran have a real big run ever since the hostage taking. And I don't think anyone has a hard line on Iran anymore, which well, President Trump had a hard line on Iran. Yeah. Well, we've definitely moved some assets into the region, that's for sure. Some of these yeah. warships, look, aircraft carriers, now submarines hey, over the weekend, it, the it, Pentagon announced. It's very, look, it's an incredibly, what Israel's doing is incredibly divisive. I mean, I think that I liked what Ackman said about he's pro-Palestine, anti-Hamas. Uh, Hamas is a terrorist organization. It's, it, everything seems, you know, 
free the hostages? I don't know. Uh, look, it, it's well, I do know they free the hostages, but I just think that creates an element of gloom that's been part of the bear market that may be that may be running its course. You, and that's a your your DNA bill. Yeah. Pretty steady open so far. Uh, Dow's up a point, S&P 4360. Uh, we'll watch for some activity in fixed income this week. We will hear from Powell later in the week. For now, yields up a touch as the 10-year once again revisits about 462. We'll be right back. Take a look at Bumble. Uh, Whitney Wolf Hurd is going to be leaving the company, stepping down after a decade. Stocks had a rough run down some 40% so far year to date. Overall, some consolidation coming off of last week's uh, big run for the Bulls. Best weekend, just about a year. We'll get uh, stop trading in just a moment. Don't go away. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Okay, I, I was talking earlier about just the path of resistance. We, like first, we saw that with Novo Nordisk today. Good readout of their jug with Gobi for blood pressure and for heart. Uh, and Ferrari today. Uh, Barclays comes out and basically says, "Look, uh, they trim their order book. Uh, they're just okay about it." Strong buy. <laughs> uh, strong buy. And, and what's happened in the market is is that you have a lot of the Ferraris when the Ferraris are basically of. Hey, you know what? Uh, I want to recommend something. This is a high-quality name. That was, I felt, the way. But Key Bank was recommended. Bank of America was recommended. Right. So there's a lot of like, out of the foxhole. I don't want to miss the move. Let's pick the best one in my group and let's push it hard. And that is a sign of a bullish market, not a bearish market. Yeah, uh, you're right about that. We can take that to the Cloroxes of the world. That's and a the bookings, as we example. Mentioned. Like yeah. Linda Randall yeah. didn't screw it up. It's still got the shelf space. Let's recommend Clorox. Mm. It's not at a premium. There's just a lot of a lot of people who want to recommend things because they don't want to be left out of the rally that people don't think can happen. This big top guys don't think it can happen. They, you know, they they'll be you know they're all Grinches. And I don't know how the Grinch turn out in that one. I don't know. I think for I the greens egg, green eggs in hand, that guy. <laughs> Sam, I am. What about tonight? All right. Tonight I got Carvana. Now, this is a good example of what I'm talking about. Carvana was supposed to go under. It, it, I don't know. It ain't going under. It's It survived. Ernie Garcia is a survivor, so I can't wait to speak to him. He's actually a very articulate guy for the business. I think that Lithium drives very good. I happen to like CarMax, too. Let's put him in the mix, man. Stop fighting it. Uh, yeah, good EBITDA beat last week. Yes, Be exactly right. Busy week, Jim. We'll see you tonight. Oh, yeah, but a great week. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. When we come back, uh, the state of travel with the CEO of Expedia after the stock did surge Friday on earnings. Don't go away. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.